Welcome to How to Talk to Kids About Anything with Dr. Robin Silverman, a podcast loaded with practical tips, powerful scripts, personal stories, and simple steps to make even the toughest conversations easier. So get ready to get the information you need to make the impact you want from someone you trust, your friend, parenting expert, Dr. Robin Silverman. Hello and welcome to How to Talk to Kids About Anything, where we give you the tips, scripts, stories, and steps to make even the toughest conversations easier. I'm so thrilled to be your host, Dr. Robin Silverman, child and teen development specialist, author and speaker, and most importantly, parent of two terrific kids who give me the opportunity to love, learn, and grow every single day, whether I want to or not. Believe me, I get it. It's not always easy. But we are in this together, and thankfully, we have some great people to call on when we are in need. So girls and friendship, for some, this topic makes them smile and think of the most endearing, close, meaningful relationships of their lives. For others, it makes them sweat and feel a little sick. Maybe it's a little bit of both. There's been so much research on same-sex friendships, but perhaps the most renowned study was done by the National Institute of Mental Health in 2009, where researchers looked inside the brains of children ages 8 to 17 to assess the responses to potential friendship opportunities. The results showed that the way girls responded to the anticipation of making a new friend was quite different than the response of boys. In particular, various areas of girls' brains lit up the ones associated with reward and hormone secretion and social learning and subjective feelings. They lit up like crazy. And that was for the prospect of a new friendship. For boys, virtually no activity. Some had decreased activity. Friendships are clearly very important to girls. Now, that doesn't always make them easy. When we really care about something or someone, we can get very invested. We can reap joy, but we can also feel pain. And one of the things we continually hear about when it comes to girls and friendships is the drama that can come along with them. And that's why we have one of my good friends, Annie Fox, on the show today. Now, Annie Fox is an award-winning writer, app developer, and educator. She focuses on social social emotional learning and character development. Annie aims to teach kids to be good people because we need more good poop people. We are all villagers, so it's up to us. Some of her books include Teaching Kids to Be Good People, Too Stressed to Think, the Middle School Confidential Book Series and App Series, and the Raymond and Sheila Picture Book Series. Annie's latest book, The Girls' Q&A Book on Friendship, offers 8 to 12-year-old girls and their parents and teachers 50 ways to fix a friendship without the drama. And that topic, talking about girls and friendship, is what lands her on our show today. And we couldn't be more excited. Thank you so much, Annie, for joining us on How to Talk to Kids About Anything. I am delighted to be with you today, Robin. Thanks so much for inviting me. Thank you. So before we get into the meat of the matter, for those people who haven't heard you speak or read your books, uh, maybe they haven't experienced your apps, would you just take a moment to tell us what got you up in the morning and what got you so interested in exploring the issue of girls and friendship? 
Hmm. Well, for the last, oh my goodness, 20 years, I have been on the receiving end of email, mostly from girls from around the world, mostly asking questions about why is my friend not acting like a friend? Help, please. Mm -hmm. Um, 20 years, I started a a teen website, and the email has been coming in steadily from that first day, which is mind-boggling to me. So, when... When a kid tells you, this is what's getting me in trouble because I don't understand pieces of it, then me as the educator, me as the writer, (laughs) wants to give them the content they need to do better in those social choices that they make now online and off. Mm, Well, thank goodness for you. And, you know, we know friendships are, are, they're really tough. They can be complex. They can be filled with drama. But why, why girls? Why are girls' friendships so complicated? Well, I think you really hit on it in your intro, Robin. Um, they're very invested emotionally. I have a pet theory that girls are trying out in their in their friendships in the the early grades and into middle school. They're they're looking for the one. They're they're looking mm. for intimacy that will later possibly re- turn turn into a romantic. Um, lifetime partnership and so they give it all and when there's a bump in the road they feel that dread uh oh is am I losing the one Mm. am I you know am I falling out of favor I get so many emails from girls that just it's like from the first line you know exactly where it's going it starts off with me and my best friend have been so close Mm. with a million O's so close since third grade and and now we're in eighth grade, and a new girl has come into into the school, and now my friend wants to spend more time with her than she does with me. I feel like I'm losing her. How can mm-hmm. I get her back? Mm-hmm. So it feels like it feels like a love that's mm-hmm. that's um, on the way out, and desperate to to try and turn back the clock. Mm-hmm. And they are very intimate. Those those best friends and. And while they're not uh, perhaps a love relationship, that they are incredibly meaningful. We, we divulge our, our secrets. This is somebody, in your example, that has known years of, of secrets, years of mm-hmm. mistakes. Um, I think of my, you know, one of my friends who I've known since I was two years old. And, you know, the, you know wow. a, a lot of information. Nowadays, we have an added complexity of social media, and I'm wondering how social media impacts the conflict aspect, and and do we really need to be teaching our girls about social media and how it can impact friendship? We sure do. I mean, it used to be that if I had something going on between you and me as my best friend, we would work it out because we had to. And the other part of it was that, you know, the bell would ring and I walked off in this direction to go home and you walked off in that direction. We had time to think about it um, and time to cool down. And and now what happens is the moment the bell rings, um, the the texting begins, the... the um, recruiting other people to my side of the feud, Mm -hmm. to get people to pile on, to make choices, to show loyalty. Well, if you're friends with her, then you can't be friends with me. Um, All of this stuff takes away our opportunity as individuals to process things 
and reflect upon things. And as I say, to cool down, we have no opportunities. Kids nowadays have very little time to just take a deep breath and get your hands off of, of the keyboard and, and just disengage from the drama so that you can then come back to your decision making in, in a, a more um, mature way, mm-hmm. I would say. Um, and with that, with that knee-jerk reaction, which is demanded of us with social media all the time, you're pinged all the time with the texts, and girls have very little self-control when they get a text little self-control not to respond and so um it's just it's hyper all the time and that doesn't make for the best decision making Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. so how can parents and teachers help girls to deal with the inevitable shifting of the best friend alliances that we see so much of it's this one's my best friend now this one's my best friend now she's friends with this one how Mm -hmm. how can how can parents and teachers deal with that I think it's a really important question because I don't think we've been doing a very good job Mm -hmm, (laughs) mm -hmm. and it's not it's not so much as social media has caused problems I think social media has just um, taken away opportunities to solve problems more effectively Mm -hmm. and so when your daughter is is clearly upset mm-hmm. with what's going on in the conversation that's taking place in the device in her hand, you would do very well to advise her to get her hands off of the keyboard, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. to put it away. She will not want to relinquish that because mm-hmm. on some level it it she feels like if she keeps involved in the drama, then she is likely to punch her way out of it. But the, the truth is more likely that if she takes a break from it, really a break from it, and you can enforce that depending on how old your daughter is. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, pry it out of her hot little hand and just say, honey, you need a break. Right. You, you need a break from this. I'm taking this away for now. Okay. And during that off time, you know, you, you can encourage her go outside, get some fresh air, take a, take a warm shower, listen to music, engage with the family, help you make dinner, do other things. Or if she's up for talking, now you have an opportunity to actually talk about what's going on. And for you as a parent to just listen. And that's a rare thing when the kids are constantly engaged with this um, split-second repartee via text. Nobody's really listening to anyone. That's but if you point. can, if you can calmly... Be there with your daughter, make eye contact and just nod and just listen and go, uh-huh, I get that. Yeah, I'm sure that was scary for you. How embarrassing. I understand. Tell me more. You know, and let her talk about her feelings just to have you listen and acknowledge without judging or invalidating or interrupting. Well, let her release some of that intensity that makes everything feel like such an emergency. Mm. What you're saying is so important and I feel like, you know, what a gift to give to your daughter, your your focused attention with no uh, social media interrupting and either one. Um, yeah, either one, either good one. point. Because, <laughs> because it, it doesn't help if you've got, you know, your smartphone in, in your hand and you're going, uh-huh, honey, I am listening. Yeah, yeah, uh-huh, right, I, exactly. I'm listening. As I'm writing talking. something up on Facebook. Exactly. Uh, so if we could take a step back for a minute and and talk about choosing the right friends. I mean, 
if you're, you know, continually seeing your daughter choose friends who don't seem really kind, who aren't very thoughtful or empathetic, what is the course of action? You maybe maybe she's choosing people who are, you know, very popular but perhaps not not really deep and kind. What what would you do about that kind of situation? What a great question. Okay, first of all, you got to walk the walk. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and that's on two levels. It's in the family and in your own friendship choices. So, if you prioritize um your daughter becoming a person who is empathetic, compassionate, a good friend, then you need to show her by your example that you treat her and all the people in your life with that kind of compassion, empathy, and respect. That's really important. Mm -hmm. And that when there is a conflict in your adult relationships, that you deal with it respectfully and um, assertively versus aggressively. This is this is these are all good friendship skills that we as women can um, model mm-hmm. for our daughters. When it comes to, um, I don't like that girl mm-hmm. that you're friends with. Um, we have to go back to what we said at the beginning: how important and emotionally invested our daughters are in their friendships. If you start attacking my BFF, mom, <laughs> I will, in fact, um, choose her over you. Mm-hmm. At least in this argument. I will get very defensive, and I will um, not be listening to you at all. And so my advice, if you are seeing behavior in a friend of your daughter's and behavior in your daughter that doesn't feel good when she's with this girl, I think the best way to do it is to, um, obviously not when the other girl is there, (laughs) when you have some quiet, um, unplugged time with your daughter, you might say to her, you know, honey, I've observed that when you're with Emma, um, the language she uses makes me uncomfortable. The tone of voice she uses when you have an idea and uh, she doesn't like it makes me uncomfortable. And I'm wondering, sweetheart, what is it like for you to Mm. be Emma's friend? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And then you just close your mouth and you listen. Mm -hmm. So you've made an observation from your perspective and then you invite her into the conversation with an open-ended question. What is it like for you to be Emma's friend? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And right. I think if you've done that in a safe way, um, it's not an attack on Emma. It's not a trick question. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, your daughter may reveal that, you know, sometimes uh, she's kind of annoying. and Sometimes I don't feel all that comfortable being with Emma. Mm-hmm. Um, sometimes she, she puts me down. And at this point, you don't go, aha, I knew it. <laughs> you, you just go, mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, And you might say, well, what percentage of the time are you really enjoying your friendship with Emma, you know, on a scale of, you know, 1% one, 1% to 100? Mm-hmm. And she might say, mm, these days, Mom, maybe 25%. Mm. You go, uh-huh, okay. And then you might just say, well, you know, sweetheart, I think you deserve to be with a friend who treats you with respect 100% of the time. Mm-hmm. And that could be the end of the conversation. Mm-hmm. You've planted some seeds. Right, right. She's going to be thinking about that later so, on. Instead of defending defending her best friend, she's going to be thinking about it in a different way because yes, of the way it, you've handled it. 
And it's her thinking about it. Right. You, you, you never succeed if you turn this into a, I forbid you to see. I mean, that, that's like the Romeo and Juliet syndrome. Right. I mean, it's like you just don't do that. Right. So I'd say make an observation and, um, you know, try to elicit a thoughtful response from your daughter in a neutral way. So how do we teach our girls to be good friends? We've talked a lot about how they are, you know, dealing with a friend in particular, but what kind of tools do we give them so that they are good friends to others? I think the best tool you can give, Robin, is to um, make it really clear to your daughter that she needs to be her own best friend first. And, and what I mean by that is that she has to have a very high standard of her own behavior. And that is the behavior that she that goes out from her as well as a high standard of the behavior that she's willing to accept from other people. You know, often when you talk to girls and um, I put them in a role of, you know, if this... I, I do these these workshops with the Girl Scouts and um, at schools, and I bring a slideshow, and often I, I bring anonymous emails up on and put them up on the screen and say, okay, well here's someone who's having some friendship problems. If this if this girl who wrote to me was your friend, what advice would you give her mm-hmm. about this situation? And they're great about oh they're so they're so smart. Mm-hmm. The girl, their relationship intelligence. In there, in that part of their brain, for girls, is it's it's awesome. So they'll tell you all this advice, and I say, "Wow, that's really cool." So then I say to them, um, "Good advice." So why do you think the girl who wrote the email couldn't think of one of those fifteen ideas you just came up with? Oh, Annie, well, that's because she's in the middle of it. Mm-hmm. I said, "Huh?" And what happens when you're in the middle of it? Well, we we can't think straight. Mm-hmm. Ah, okay. So. What they've just said to you is that when I'm so intensely involved in a friendship and the risk of losing that friendship is right here in my lap, I get so freaked out I can't think straight. And then, so what is the, the, the skill set here? The skill set is to recognize when I am freaking out so that I can calm down because only then will I be able to problem solve what to do next. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's beautiful. Have you worked with any girls who have have used some of these skills that that you've taught them um, yes. to 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 kind of turn things around for them? You know, is there any any uh, situation you can tell us about where you know you've you've seen this sort of success in action? Yes, and I'm so glad you asked because whenever I go to a school at the very end. I do something called the real the breathing challenge. It's a real world assignment, meaning you know this was all fine that we had this time together in a school assembly and you learned some cool stuff. But you know I know you're busy mm-hmm. <laughs> and you got a lot of stuff on your mind, and maybe you'll remember a little piece of it, and maybe you won't. <laughs> so I want to give them a real world assignment, and it's called the breathing challenge. And after I've taught them how to do this, like slow, deep inhalation through their nose, and relax the jaw, and exhale slowly through their mouths, and do that several times, I explain what's going on in the brain when they do that, and how it will, in fact, take them out of the emergency stress central mode mm-hmm. into their think higher thinking critical thinking, problem-solving part of their brain. Um, 
Then I give them an assignment. And I said, okay, so between now and when you go to sleep tonight, I'm thinking there will be at least one time when someone annoys you or says something rude or you feel confused with a, in a friendship, um, whatever. And at that moment, I am challenging you to stop and take a slow, deep breath, or four or five or 15, mm-hmm. as long as it takes, and then make your decision about your next best move. And if you would email me, let me know what happened before and what happened after, then I will, in fact, um, enter them into a, a an opportunity to to win a free copy of my my book. Oh, awesome! So then I get that immediate um, feedback, which is so cool because I love to see the answer to the question you just asked me. So often, what I will get is, "Wow, Annie, you know, um, after school I had soccer practice, and you know, there was." this girl on my team who was just like elbowing me and you know, she was like hogging the ball and just being really rude and, and what I felt like doing was just like kicking her in the back of the leg but instead I took a slow deep breath and I backed off and she ended up passing the ball to me nice and she goes yes this stuff really works <laughs> I love that yeah, I love it too. And um, and I think that when kids have just one outside of the school experience of using this very simple technique successfully, mm-hmm. then they go, wow, I want to try that again. Mm. All right. We've got to use this technique then. We've talked so much. It's so interesting. In, in so many different areas, whether it's dealing with big feelings or big decisions, you know, this breathing is... It makes a huge difference. I, I feel like we. This is one of those skills we we should be teaching in school at home, just how to breathe because it it, it seems to uh, just help to collect us as parents and as kids, and, and so that we can make better decisions that are more in tune with what we really want rather than what we are doing in the moment. I would definitely agree. Um, just model it. You don't have to say, okay, we're going to have a breathing lesson now. You just model it. I mm-hmm. have a two-and-a-half-year-old grandson now, and um, when he gets, you know, in a snit about something, mm-hmm. I just I just put my hands out in front of me and then and show they, my hands go up when I inhale and mm-hmm. down when I exhale, and he models it, mm-hmm. and, you know. Yeah, it yeah. makes <laughs> such a huge difference. I'm wondering when it is time to sit, you know, to kind of, have a conversation with our girls about friendship and and we can have plenty of these but let's say <laughs> if your your daughter continually feels left out let's just be you know because that's like mm-hmm. a, a very typical scenario and and she comes to you and she says you know out in recess or um you know at school lunch whatever it is my my friends are continually leaving me out. I feel like I'm I'm just not included anymore. Maybe it's on social media. Maybe it's not. Um, what what kind of thing can we say to our daughter that helps to open up a conversation and and helps her to to move forward? I just took a deep breath. Mm-hmm. Um, it, first, I want to acknowledge to the moms who are hearing this this imaginary um, complaint 
from a daughter, and it probably goes, yeah, my daughter has said that. <laughs> I want to acknowledge that when our kids are hurting, it hurts us. Mm-hmm. Yes. And and it's a good time to take a deep breath for us when we hear that because we don't do our best parenting when we're upset. Mm-hmm. And it you know we're we're feeling um, you know who are those kids who are leaving my daughter out? Mm-hmm. I'm gonna, mm-hmm. you know, the, mama, the mama lion comes out and and you want to um, punish the the kids. I mean not literally, but mm-hmm. you know you you want to protect your child. Right. And and it's very um, it's frustrating parents as the children get older to recognize that when they're out of our sight we cannot always protect them from the um, rudeness the lack of friendship that they may experience at school we we can't we can't do that Mm -hmm. as much as we would like to we can't do that and so we need to help them develop a set of real standards when it comes to what is a real friend versus the other kind Mm -hmm. And, and that's an important concept in my book as well. I think girls, um, they fall into friendships in the same way that we often, you know, fall into romances. And sometimes it works out. And sometimes you may find out that this person that initially you were just crazy about really has a lot of character traits that don't mesh very well with, with yours or with your values. Um, so it's not a good match. Right. And, and because girls become so invested and they don't have the breadth of life experience, they tend to hang on to friendships where we might say, you know, this just isn't working for right. me. So, you know, girls may come from scarcity in that way, thinking I'll never have another best friend mm-hmm. like this one, mm-hmm. even though it's not great. So um, I think it's really important to help girls develop this um, set of standards because it's going to take them into their entire life so to start really simple to say to your daughter let's make a list you know we'll we'll take a piece of paper and fold it in half lengthwise and on the left hand column we'll say real friends and Mm -hmm. on the top of the right hand column it says the other kind Mm -hmm. and have your daughter just fill in the blank of this sentence a a real friend is and there are no right answers here it's just what your daughter thinks Mm -hmm. And, and let her actually you know if she's old enough to write let her write it down um don't comment on them. Just let her just do this brainstorm. And after, and she'll get a real long list there. And then on the other side, you know, other kind of friend. The other kind of friend is, and, and boy, chances are she will have a longer list on that mm-hmm, side. Mm-hmm. And, and then she's essentially saying, this is what's important to me, at mm-hmm. least on, pa- on paper. Now, then becomes the self-assessment. If she says that Janine is her best friend, then you might say, well, mm-hmm. how does she measure up? Mm-hmm. You know, you say a real friend is all these things on the left-hand mm-hmm. side. Mm-hmm. Um, how would you rate, check off all the things that you think Janine is mm-hmm. for you and make it really safe. It, it's, a, it's, it's kind of a um, dispassionate way of looking at friendship, which is rare mm-hmm. for girls. Mm-hmm. And when they have this opportunity to kind of an, a- analyze this on this level, they go, huh, Whoa, mm-hmm. you know, I've been saying this and this and this is important, but this person I'm calling my BFF doesn't demonstrate any of that stuff. Right. right. Yes, I when I'm I'm presenting on this topic, I ask girls to come up with their, you know, top 3 characteristics that define mm-hmm. a friend. And you know what? It's very hard for them to argue against themselves. 
And that is just the truth, right? I mean, once right. they say it, it's really, it is the truth. And and so I value the uh, exercise that you're talking about. Um, I think it helps to, to see how am I defining friendship, what a friend is, how, how am I defining what a friend is not. And then when you're putting your top people in there, maybe it's Janine and maybe it's somebody who's, a new friend that maybe hasn't gotten the status in your life that maybe she should because mm. she's showing all the qualities that you really do want. And yeah. now this is such a way to, to be able to, to see it. So, so if you yeah, I think it's great too. And, and if your daughter is feeling like I don't have any friends, I'm feeling left out, which is what you started mm-hmm. with. Then this can become her shopping list. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. She is looking for people who meet her standards. Mm-hmm. Now, the other part of this, Robin, I think it's really important and it, it's, it's rarely included in any conversation. Friendship's a two-way street. Mm-hmm. So if you're saying, this is what I expect of the people that I call my friends, what can other people expect of you yes. in a friendship? How, how do you rate yourself on these characteristics? Right, right. Are you dependable? Are, mm-hmm. are, are you kind when push comes to shove when when somebody's gossiping or whatever yeah yeah it's a it's a very good point and again that goes back to you know how can we teach a kid our, our daughters to be good friends you know what are those tools and right and there's, there's one more thing because realistically nobody is a hundred percent all of those positive qualities all Absolutely. the time right so you don't have to go into emergency mode if your friend is having a bad day mm-hmm. what you owe to her and to yourself and to the friendship is to find out what's going on mm-hmm. if if she is no longer being kind or um, respectful if something has shifted and that's where girls get stuck because mm-hmm. it starts off it's the honeymoon Right. And then, and then you know, you kind of get habituated into this friendship, and you hang out together all the time in school and on weekends, and things start um, there's slippage, mm-hmm. <laughs> and and sometimes we don't want to pay attention to it because it's so scary to think that you might be losing the one, but instead, I think the way you can be your own best friend is to just take a look at it and say, you know, this in the same way that that as a mom you made the observation. As, as a friend, you can say, you know, this is what I'm seeing. I, I've noticed for the last two days at lunch, you've been um, pretending you're saving a seat for someone else when I know you're really not. Right. What's up with that? What's up with that? Being assertive about it. Yeah, rather than um, getting all propitiative and saying, are you still my friend? Mm-hmm. <laughs> right, right. That's not very productive. It isn't. It isn't. And then you, if, if that kind of thing, that kind of um, begging um, doormat kind of statement will probably elicit a lie from your friend. Of course I am. Mm-hmm. What makes you think not? What's mm-hmm. wrong with you? Of course I'm your friend. And then they get defensive because you've attacked them kind of in a... Mm-hmm. But just like, what's up with that? Right. Yeah. I can imagine that some parents can feel that their daughter is almost pigeonholed. They're at school. They're with these people. They've been with these people for who knows how many years now. And the daughter is saying, but if I am not friends with this person who is 
25% of the things I'm looking for? <laughs> Who could I possibly be friends with? Um, kind of the feeling like everybody else is either taken or not interesting mm -hmm. to me or you know this is my friendship group it's not like you could just walk in one day and join a different one it's not as easy as that and we need to know that it's not as easy as that so what is your advice for for parents who are hearing that and and for kids who are saying those kinds of things it's particularly difficult if it's a small school yes. <laughs> and there are only eight other girls in my grade. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah, I've heard all this stuff and it's, it's valid for it's sure. Valid, sure. So then, then my, my response is look for opportunities outside of school right. where your mm -hmm. daughter can um, meet different populations of kids and those may be driven by interest, mm -hmm. uh, park and rec department, class, um, summer opportunities, sports, drama, what, whatever mm -hmm. it is that your daughter loves, let her interests lead and get to an out-of-school population. And in that way, she will, I mean, the first thing she will have in common with everybody in that other group will be the interest that brought them to whatever class or activity they've signed up for. But the other part of it is that if she's now doubting whether she has what it takes to be a good friend, she will make friends outside of school and those doubts will go away. Mm -hmm. She will say, well, I don't have to ask myself, nobody likes me, maybe nobody likes <laughs> me, because people do like me. Mm -hmm. They come to mind all the time. That, the, that wonderful girl in my art class mm -hmm. on Tuesdays, I love being mm -hmm. with her. Mm -hmm. And then you as a parent can help facilitate those out-of-school um, meetups. I love that. I could call that diversifying your friendship circles because yeah. you often get pigeonholed into one particular friendship circle. And and it is important to, to look outside of the school. You may find you know your very best friends of your life out there i mean after all it's based on something besides you just happen to be in the same class now right. it's based on some kind of interest um so really yes really important i bet you that when you're with the girls in their girl scout class groups that they've probably met some people right there within their group that mm -hmm. maybe they hadn't really known very much even if they were in the same school maybe they weren't in the same mm -hmm. class maybe they weren't on each other's radar so that's a that's an interesting thing too and um, i want to also yeah. i just want to say that um it can be scary to um reach out to a new person right especially <laughs> if you don't get the approval of the other girls in your group mm -hmm. you want to be friends with her right. we don't even know her oh look at the way she dresses i mean mm -hmm. they're Mm -hmm. And so another great opportunity to take a slow, deep breath is when you're feeling that approval may be withdrawn mm. from you, but you know it's the right thing to do. Sometimes takes the guts and a slow, deep breath will make you braver. A strong girl. Yeah, that, that, that is tough. And as a parent, you know, understand, understanding that your child is being criticized for a choice that you believe is a good choice can be very challenging. That mo mama bear comes out again. Yeah. 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 So this is top tip time. Okay. Okay. What is the single most important thing that you wish parents knew about girls and friendship or what would you hope parents got from this podcast that they can deliver to their girls? For, for moms, I would say your daughter is not you. Mm. 
And so if she's, if you were super popular and she is not or vice versa, um, this is a different time and she is not you. The, the most helpful you can be to her is really as a sounding board. Mm. And if there are um, stories from your childhood, from when you were her age that are helpful only because you learned something positive and you moved on, then please share those with your daughter. Mm. Mm, such an important idea, especially the the mistakes we've made and and how we, we came out okay, even though mm-hmm. we, we made those friendship mistakes. I know I made many. What about the resource of the week? Where can people go to get more information about you, your apps, your books, all the amazing things that you've developed? Oh, well, thank you for that, Robin. Um, AnnieFox.com probably is the repository for just about everything I do. Mm-hmm. So, um, And it's an easy thing to remember. So, yeah, AnnieFox.com. My podcast is there. My blog, um, you can connect with me on Twitter from there, my Facebook, uh, every, every, and my books, of course. Yes, and if you want Annie's book that has to do with friendship, that that is a great book to get and you can get that right through her website um and you know that's one of those books i feel like that people could read um as a parent and you can also have your daughter read it and then you can even read it together is that right yeah absolutely and i also when i hand it to the girls as kind of their their free gift um for in my workshops i encourage them to read it with their friends so nice because it's Q&A. There's, you know, 50 Ways to Fix a Friendship is really based on 50 questions girls have asked me about friendship challenges. And I think it, it's, it's great for girls to be able to sit there and um, really think about these things in a, in a safe way with the book in front of them. Oh, that's great. And they can blame it on the book. I didn't come up with this question but of course they're waiting with bated breath so that is awesome well Annie thank you so much for joining us today and talking to us about girls and friendship I feel like your tips are so hands on they're so helpful I, I do really like writing out your definition of friendship and and what qualities you're looking in um looking for in a friend i think that's very helpful and i bet you a lot of listeners will do that with their girls at some point in the next coming weeks so thank you so much for coming on the show thanks for giving me the opportunity robin of course well i've got my takeaways and sweet friends i know you have yours let's discuss them come up on facebook at facebook.com slash dr robin silverman or let's chat about it at dr robin silverman.com or twitter.com slash dr robin oh and if you love this podcast like i did would you just kindly go up onto itunes rate and review it so that other people can learn about annie fox all her amazing friendship tools and this podcast I think it would be so appreciated and uh, really helpful to a lot of people so that's all the time we have for today thank you so much for tuning in to how to talk to kids about anything for more information on books articles speaking engagements or curriculum please visit drrobinsilverman.com I look forward to weathering the storms and enjoying the sunny side of life together 
And please remember, even when it seems like nothing is going right, we all have those days, you've got this. You're here. You're getting the information you need. And on the days that we fall short, never forget there's always tomorrow. Parenting is the ultimate do-over. I get it. And as there are moments when we doubt our know-how, our choices, and our sweet, sweet sanity, please know you are 10 times the parent you think you are. Until next time, this is Dr. Robin Silverman with How to Talk to Kids About Anything. Please tune in again and keep connecting through conversation. See you next week. You've been listening to How to Talk to Kids About Anything with Dr. Robin Silverman. For more information on books, articles, speaking engagements, or curriculum, please visit drrobinsilverman.com.